Amy Porterfield, Enneagram 2, welcome to Typology. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, we have so many mutual friends. I feel like I know you and I'm excited to get to know you more deeply today through the lens of the Enneagram, which is such a wonderful shorthand uh, for beginning to understand the inner terrain of, of other people. How did you hear about the Enneagram and how did it perhaps illuminate aspects of your personality you were unaware of? I love this question because, well, first of all, I heard about it from the Hyatts, of course. Right. The Hyatts are the biggest supporters of the Enneagram that I know. Every mm. time I'm with them in a social setting, we are always talking about our Enneagram and what that means. So mm. I love that. And um, what it, you know, it gave me permission to be who I am. So mm -hmm. I'm a two and when so i teach people how to create digital courses i teach 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 every single day so that helper in me i feel really grounded in that i feel like i'm meant to be doing what i'm doing but i have to tell you i didn't tell you this when we were chatting before we went live i've always wanted to be a three. Oh, wow or a three and i'm jealous that i'm not a three so i feel like <laughs> i've taken the test like four times because i'm like i know i know i'm a three I'm not. I am a true blue too. Oh my gosh. And you know what's fantastic about it is Mike Hyatt, who we've had on the show before, is an iconic three. That's right. I mean, he is three like you are too, like down to the bone. Which and, is why uh, I love him so much. I mean, if you yeah. ask me my number one mentor, it's Mike. And it, there's qualities in him that I wish I had. What, what are I those qualities? Yeah, why is it that you wish you were a three so badly? Well, I find um, pride in achieving. I like to be number one. I'm competitive and I always want to win and I'm always striving. Like in high school and college, straight A's were all that I was allowing myself to do. I never, I'm, I'm always giving A plus work. Like that is important to me. So when I say all that, don't you think that feels like a three? <laughs> This is a really good question, yeah. and I actually have an answer for it. Okay. <laughs> so there are, and I'm not sure the degree to which you're familiar with these, because not everybody is, there are three subtypes of each type. There's, I don't know a lot about that, so tell me more. Okay, so there's what's called a self-preservation, a social, or a one-to-one -one subtype of each type. Each of them describe a different variation on the theme of the basic type. Mm -hmm. So you can be a self-pres two, a social two, or a one-to-one -one two. And the when you learn them, you get so much more clarity beyond what you would know if only you had a rough idea of what the core type is, right? Gotcha. All right, so there is what's called a social two. And social twos often look like threes oh. and not only do they look like threes they're very ambitious very competitive and you know what they're really great at what presenting material oh okay they are great at being upfront people motivating people they're usually entertaining um they're very good at uh um, adjusting their personality to um, not to appear successful, that's a three, but to inspire others to like them. 
Oh, this is me to a T. <laughs> this is a great example of how two different numbers can look very similar, oh, yeah. but for you have different motivations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, different absolutely. Motivations, that's important. I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. So Mike would be when he's not necessarily in a great place. He's going to be a little bit more obsessed with, I need to be successful. I need to appear successful and I need to avoid failure, perhaps at all costs. Okay. That's if you're a two, that's not really your jam. If, if your uh, unconscious motivation uh, really is uh, you have a need to be liked, right? And when you're not doing all that great, right? When you're not very self-aware, you will try to achieve or attain approval and appreciation from others through strategic and calculated giving by meeting the needs of others in a way that kind of has an agenda underneath it, which is if I meet your needs, will you meet mine without my having to directly express them? Wow. I feel like when I read up on the Enneagram and talking to you both right now, I feel like it's kind of like a psychic reading. I know Mm. it's not, but it feels like, oh my goodness, like you're, you see into my soul because in my, when I'm not my best, that is very, very true. Mm. I'm embarrassed to admit that though. That's another thing about when I read about Enneagram and I'm reading about myself, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really love that about me, but I mean, I'm not perfect, so it is what it is, right? Right. Well, it's and, a good sign that you're on the right track, too, when you have that little gnawing feeling like, oof. Right. It is a, a good sign, and it actually is also a sign that you really know your type. When, yeah. you, when you feel that inner cringe, mm-hmm. that is a signal that you're probably really uh, attuned to the fact that, yeah, that's my type. And it doesn't always feel great. I mean, there are sides of the four that when I read, I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to own that, you know, (laughs) but it's true. And uh, and then you can do something about it. Then you can do something about it now. So it's funny you should say that you're you wish you were three because, you know, you have (laughs) a book titled How One Woman Broke the Glass Through the Glass Ceiling and Built a Million Dollar Online Course Empire. Now, that's a pretty damn three title, <laughs> right? It, well, it, I didn't write it, but I definitely <laughs> proved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, though? But it, it, it definitely has the ring, right? It, it has a... And I understand other people involved in writing it, and, and I understand the strategy behind titling things and, and all of that stuff. But, you know, threes, when they're not super healthy, again, can be a little self-promotional, right? They, they like to credentialize uh, and, let, and, let, and give signals to people, hey, I'm a success. You know, like how I broke through the ceiling and how I did this and how I'm going to help you do that, right? That's not the case with you as a two. It's different, right? The, the motivation for that kind of self-presentation is utterly different. It's about, do you like me yet? Okay. Uh, do, do, do you accept and approve and appreciate me yet? Have you, ever, have you ever seen yourself or can you remember a time when you sensed in your gut like, you know, I'm trying to help this person but I kind of have another agenda that I don't want them to know, which is I want to make them like me. A million percent. I talk about this to my students all the time. I want to say I am a recovering people pleaser, Mm. but some days it just looks like I am a people pleaser. 
I definitely want to be liked, which is why putting myself online, putting myself and social media specifically, people will say, I don't share enough behind the scenes. People will mm. say that I don't invite people in enough. I'm kind of all business most of the time. And the reason for that is when I invite people into my personal life, I don't like all the scrutiny. It makes yes. me feel loved. I don't feel liked when wow. I do a house tour and I get comments like, you're so vanilla. I, your house is so plain. I'm like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have invited you in any way then. <laughs> right. Wow. And so, you know, twos are a little bit, I think, more thin skinned than threes. Right. I right. Like. Yeah. You know, Mike will be like, okay, you know, I lost 200 subscribers today because I wrote this blog or something like that. And he doesn't seem all that disturbed by it. <laughs> no. I would be in the house with a bottle of scotch. Thanks. You know? I, am, I am too, for sure. I, I hate it. I mean, I'm sharing all my dark secrets here. But yeah, when, when I get a bunch of unlikes for something, I feel bad for like a full day. And so I just want to say, you know, you've said this before that the the twos, threes, and fours are in that heart triad, the feeling triad. And where the threes, the fours, as fours, we're more connected to our own feelings. And threes are really actually kind of uh, asleep to their feelings. But twos are more connected to other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that you would be locked into how other people feel about your house. Oh, yeah. A million percent. And you know, it's funny. I spent so much time with threes. As an entrepreneur, I'm in masterminds. I'm with other women that are very much threes. And when something happens, they're like, who cares? Like, screw them. And I'm just like, I want that. I want to say that. And it's not who I am. I do yeah. care. Yeah. yeah. I also want to let people know that you have a very popular top-ranked podcast uh, called... Um, what is it called? Like how, how online uh, marketing made easy, online marketing made easy. Let me just do that again, Anthony. Yeah. I also want to let people know that you have a, a top ranked podcast, super popular called online marketing made easy. And I want people to go and uh, check that out because, you know, uh, particularly obviously for those of you who are interested in, in that topic and uh, it's super, super helpful. And by the way, I need to attend one of your classes because you know, well, we can talk about it I offline about my struggles. Your name is dropped in so many places that I am spending time. I think you're doing pretty good marketing. <laughs> I think the word dropped is critical because I was hoping for lifted up, lifted up. Same, season, same thing. But it's uh, dropped. Okay. Well, whatever. That's a four reading negatives into situations and comments that uh, just isn't there. Okay. That actually is true. All right. Um, all right, so I give lots of Enneagram workshops at companies, right, for corporate executive boards, senior executives, uh, actually to lots of entrepreneurs. And um, they are always surprised when I read them a quote at the beginning of my presentation that uh, comes from a Cornell University study of high-functioning and uh, successful you know, uh, corporate leaders, right? And uh, here's the quote. It says, the key predictor of success among leaders is self-awareness. Mm. Now that blows their minds, right? Because they're thinking it's grit, determination, strategic planning, you know, uh, you know, reading the market, getting ahead of the curve, blah, blah, blah. And that is not the research. The research is saying, 
soft skills are more important than hard skills, right? So my question for you as a, you know, a successful woman in business has created this, you know, big multi-million dollar business is how self-aware are you and what's it like when you're operating on autopilot and you're not very self-aware? I've never even thought of that second question. So I would say, how self-aware am I? I would say I'm very self-aware. I do Mm. feel very self-aware. But I have a caveat to a detriment where I'm really hard on myself. Mm. So I'm so self-aware that I might take it a little bit farther. Like, ooh, you were insecure in that moment. And then I'm like, oh, you were terrible in that moment. Like I could go really far with it. So I have to be careful with that. Um, But with that second question, ask it again. I want to make sure I answer it properly. Okay, so I would... Let me just give you my definition of self-awareness. Okay. So I would say that it's the ability to monitor and self-regulate to be able to observe in real time the way that you're acting, thinking, and feeling and how it's affecting people in the moment. So what's it like when you're not like that? Mm. Okay, so when I'm not like that, I feel that sometimes I bulldoze mm. and I just like I'm one track mind and I obsess about something that needs to get done or something that I want and I'm less compassionate and I'm more uh, bossy, quite honestly, but not in a really great way. Women and that word bossy, we're a little bit sensitive to it because we're just being assertive, but right. I'm just kind of bulldozing through sometimes. Right. Well, and of course, like. you know, to many people, both to men and women in the workplace and, and, and actually in general culture, equate the word bossy with bitch. Yes, exactly. Right. And so who wants to, you know, no. you know, it's like, why don't you just come out and say it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that said, I want our listeners to know this. This sounds very three, but it's not exclusively a feature of threes that go get them, you know, mm-hmm. kind of steamrolling through other people at other times. I have known several social twos who maybe they have a three wing. It sounds like you have a three wing, um, meaning that you have a lot of the flavor of three right. mixed into the two, right? You know, I love to hear that. It's like you're giving me the biggest compliment right now. Right. Okay, so, so here's the thing, right? Um, you obviously want to inculcate or, or integrate the high side of three right? Meaning the healthiest kind of three uh, into your two-ness, if you will. But, you know, um, it's important, as I said, for people to know that this is why people often misidentify people and why knowing subtypes is so important. Because I bet you most people would peg you as a three, Mm -hmm. just if they met you, right? But they don't know the unconscious motivation is to be liked, which is different than the unconscious motivation of a three. Secondly, they don't know your subtype. If they knew your subtype, which is a social two, they would know that like social twos are, as I mentioned, competitive, um, go-getters, awesome up front, inspiring, moving uh, in front of crowds. They love to be experts on a particular topic and be known as the expert on that topic. They, um, so I, that sounds, you know, now that I'm getting to know you better, 
if I were doing a typing interview, it would take me a little bit longer to zero in, but I would know probably after half an hour, 45 minutes, gosh, this is really a social two with a three wing. Um, and so people have to be careful of stereotyping. Right. Yeah. Right. When you stereotype, you're not appreciating the nuance of the Enneagram. You know, you're just doing a caricature of somebody. Oh, that's a three. Oh, that's a caricature of, of you if, if someone said that. Anthony, you had a question? Yeah, I was going to say a minute ago, um, I was thinking as you were talking about maybe how you um, perform under stress. Yeah. In stress, the two goes to eight, the low side of eight. So, yes. you know, and you were kind of describing when you bulldoze, that, yes. that can be sort of a feature of an eight at right. times. Okay, so yeah. the eight, the challenger, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So my husband's an eight. So it's mm -hmm. interesting that you say that because um, I do see a little bit of, of him in me in those moments. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So when he's doing great, he starts to look like you. Very attuned to other people's feelings, much more... Um, able to like holster the guns and be present and open-hearted toward those people, um, being more of a person who can set the table for people. You, when you're not doing great, go in the opposite direction and start to look like him when he's not doing great. So true. It's a million percent true. Yes, I see that. So going back to the question about self-awareness, and I, I defined it as this ability to monitor and self-regulate the way we act, think, and feel uh, in relationship to other people. Is that a gift for you, that gift of self-awareness? Is it um, something you uh, continue to work on? I think it's a huge gift for me. And here's one of the things I love about my personality and how I show up. To my core, I am compassionate. I can be compassionate in any situation that comes my way. And so when I am really self-aware and let's say I see something in somebody else that's not so becoming of them, um, I instantly can feel compassionate toward them because I know how it feels. I've also had that situation. I had this recent situation where a woman sent me a message on DM uh, saying something not so nice about me, but she didn't mean to send it to me. <laughs> she meant oh, wow. to send it to a friend. And so it just was just a rude comment about me and which is crazy because she's like one of my students. She seems to love me, but she just had something she didn't like about me and she had to say it. So when she said that at first it stung, of course, because I want to be liked. And so my feelings were hurt, but then I slept on it and I thought, well, I've had moments where I've said things I wish I didn't say. And the person found out, like I ran my big mouth and the person found out and I had to apologize. So instantly I thought I need to give her a pass. I need to tell her it's okay. I get it. And let's move on. To me, that's because I'm self-aware of how I've shown up in the past. So I'm not going to judge mm -hmm. someone about doing the Ooh. same that I did. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so good, Anthony. And we don't talk about this enough, which is that when you understand your type, mm -hmm and you understand it's blind spots, mm -hmm. or that you have blind spots, right? Yeah. right? You will um, be less inclined to judge other people who have other types <laughs> and whose behaviors may be out of line, yeah. but you're like, more, you have a humility. It empowers yes. your ability to have uh, empathy. Yes, Yeah. yeah, which of course, twos and fours are pretty rich in empathy, yeah. right? Um, so, when I would imagine that sometimes because you're so attuned to other people's feelings, 
that it, it could slow you down sometimes mm. in business. Okay, so funny you bring this up. Just yesterday, I was telling one of my coworkers that I don't tend to speak up to some people on my team because I don't want to stress them out. I don't want to um, make them feel bad. And I know they're working so hard and doing their very best. So sometimes I don't voice my desires and I am the owner of the company. So I should be voicing my desires, mm. but sometimes I don't because I feel very sympathetic to their situation. But I don't think that's a good thing because then mm -hmm. I feel, okay, so here's a feeling I often get to resentful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, that's I feel resentful when I don't theory. speak up. There's the two, yeah, right? It's, yeah, for I love, sure. I love that you're, so this is a perfect example of how self-awareness serves you. Here you're going, you know what? I'm too attentive to their feelings. And then on the other side, you also, when you described uh, going under stress, you said, I lose my empathy. Mm. And just the, the, the fact that you're recognizing, recognizing it on both sides, uh, that empowers you as a leader. It does. That's a really great point. I do, I do come back to those two things often, just kind of seeing how I'm showing up in those areas. Mm -hmm. Here's a question I ask a lot of guests, and uh, it's a little squirmy. Are you in therapy right now? So I am, yes. And, and I would, believe in it wholeheartedly. Oh, me too. Thank yeah. you. Mm, thank you for now raising my self-esteem. So here's a question. Um, what are you working on? So I, one of the things that I've done recently is EMDR. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really love EMDR and, um, but then also just talk therapy. And what I'm working on is that I often, I don't even know you guys this is the first time I met you gentlemen. I'm telling you my whole life story. So I don't know if this <laughs> is good or bad, something I don't talk often about, but I, I often feel that I'm bad that mm. I, um, I have to say this without getting emotional, I, I'll, I'll show up in a certain way and I'll feel bad that I showed up that way. So I feel bad, like I'm a bad person, even though I know I do so much good for my family and my students. There's this weird thing and I think it must, well, I know it came from my childhood. And so I work on being saying, the feelings I have and the thoughts I have, they're normal. I'm trying to normalize or learning how to normalize how I think and feel and accept it and move on versus like, God, I'm so bad for thinking that or I'm so bad for wanting to do that. Mm. It, it's a weird thing that I deal with. So one of the things that twos are notorious for is um, overvaluing themselves and, and devaluing themselves. Mm. And there's this flip-flop, mm. right? It's, and they, they, they need to learn usually how to sit in the middle of the boat to, to say, okay, I'm not all bad and I'm not all good. I yes. am, uh, I'm a little bit of both like everybody else. And, and that's a little bit of, we talk about the passion of each type. That overvaluation and devaluation of the self is a form of pride. It's like I'm the best at being the worst and, and the worst at being the best. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, well, make up your mind, you know? So some days you feel like I'm invincible and everybody needs me, you know? I'm, I'm the helper par excellence. And then other days it's like you want to crawl into the closet and say, I'm a wretch. You know, it's, it, and, 
you know, learning to sit in the middle of the boat, you know, and having humility, which is because guess who where everybody else is? In the middle of the boat. Exactly. That's that normalizing these thoughts and feelings. Uh, I, I desperately want to get there because I do believe we're all in the middle of that boat. I believe yeah. you when you say we're all good and we're all bad. We're both. <clears throat> and sometimes I struggle to get there. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. You know, and, and remember, too, that for the twos, threes, and fours are in, in what's called the heart triad, but sometimes it's called the shame triad. Mm. So twos, threes, and fours really um, are in touch with shame. Twos and fours in particular. For threes, it's more difficult for them to access the shame until usually they have some kind of a crash, mm. right? And then the masks come down. And then the, they, they feel exposed, which is the technical definition in some ways of shame, which is the feeling of exposure, right? Like I am completely naked in the crowd and everyone now sees me for who I really am and it's not great. Mm. Or in their estimation, what people are seeing isn't great. So it sounds to me like the work you're doing is around shame and it's, it's also the EMDR work, of course, is around trauma. Everybody has trauma. I'm a big fan of EMDR. I have done EMDR. Mm -hmm. I did it three weeks ago with my therapist. Mm -hmm. And you know what's great about it? And most people don't know what EMDR is, but it is a, it is a trauma modality, um, a way of treating uh, trauma. And again, everybody has it. Like you, you don't have to have some gigantic, horrific experience right. to have trauma, right? You can have complex trauma, which can be little traumas, but that repeat themselves over and over again in the past, right? And, um, you know, what, what EMDR can do is it bypasses your prefrontal cortex, getting a little technical here, so that you're actually getting to where the trauma lives in the limbic brain, mm -hmm. right? And so it's like, because this brain's going to rationalize and intellectualize the experience. Yeah. But when you get into the limbic system, man, you're going to touch on the raw fight, flight stuff where the trauma lives, that what we call the trauma capsule. And EMDR, we, we like to think, explodes the trauma capsule, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it, it detonates the trauma capsule, and then you can integrate trauma back into your full person, so I'm really excited that you're doing it. Of course, there's also brain spotting, which is another mm -hmm. form of, of EMDR. I've done that, yes. That's pretty, pretty great. too. Yeah. Mm. So I'm, I just say all that, that little piece of commentary, because I, I just encourage all of the people who are listening to, if they're in therapy, to, to really investigate it, because it, it can really accelerate growth right. quicker than just talk therapy all the time. Yes. So right? true. All right. So have... Have you ever had colleagues sit you down and point out your blind spots? Yes. <laughs> I have had my leadership team. It was really a great, fun experience. I bet. <laughs> but yes, we, we did do that, and uh, it, was, it was tough for me. It was tough for me. What were the blind spots? So one of the blind spots that my leadership team, there's five of them, um, brought to my attention. We did an exercise, so I welcomed it. And um, it was that when something doesn't go right in the business, that doesn't mean that it's all crashing down. Mm. And so to be very aware of when I make it mean something that it doesn't, and uh, because that affects everybody, of course. So mm -hmm. that was a very big one that I've been working on 
a lot over the last 12 months because they, they shared it with me in a retreat 12 months ago. So I find myself like if something doesn't go right, this doesn't mean that the whole business isn't going well. And as the owner of a business with tw- uh, 20 full-time employees, I feel very responsible for mm-hmm. their livelihoods, for our students and all of that. I wear it on my shoulders. So if something doesn't go as planned, again, it's that little thing I'm wrong. I did something wrong. I made a wrong decision, wrong move, and it could all come crashing down. So I have to be very, very careful of thoughts like that. Yeah, Mm. right. That's the um, sort of the benefits, number one, of self-awareness. Because like even this morning, can I just tell you something that happened to me this morning? Yeah. All right. I have a dear friend Mm. and I I asked him for an endorsement for my new book. Right. And, And he didn't get back to me for like two days. Now, over the course of those, normally, and some other people, you know, were getting back to me that day. Yes, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it, right? And um, I began to tell stories in my head. Oh, yeah. I began to write a narrative. And the narrative was, he's angry with me. I did something wrong, and now he feels pestered, and he's giving me the silent treatment because he wants me to know that he's mad at me. I'm not kidding you. This is what I thought. Don't oh, laugh I at understand. me. I'm just, I feel guilty because I just had a busy week. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, you relate to this, right? No, I'm oh. laughing because I relate too. I, we all tell stories, keep continue. Yeah, Amy, you get it too? Oh, I do it a lot. A yeah. lot. Right. I often ask myself, what story are you telling yourself right now? Right. So, and by the way, that's the topic of my new book, The Story of You, right? Doing, okay. Using the Enneagram as a way to combat old narratives oh, I that live inside of us. It's you know? so good. I'm already reading it. I'm in the middle of it now. Okay. So. Right. When does this book come out? Because this is the book I need. I December really 28th, it drops. But you can, everyone can pre-order it right now. It's oh, up and ready perfect. for pre-order right now. And yeah. I'm strongly encouraging people <laughs> yes, to do for it sure. for okay. all the reasons that we know it's important. Um, but when you have self-awareness, you can spot the narrative. Like you can, you know, mm-hmm. I can feel it in my body. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-oh, I am having an uh-oh feeling. Mm-hmm. And I have enough self-awareness to, to gaze inwardly mm-hmm. and say to myself, you know, Ian, this is just a story. Now, he called me back this morning. <laughs> and, uh, well, first of all, he, I just pinged him on a text and then he immediately sent me back an endorsement. Then he called me about 30 minutes later and said, told me that I'd had a profound impact on his life and these beautiful things. And I I just remember thinking to myself, you see, Mm -hmm. it was just a story. And that ability that was a gift given to me by the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. by tons of mindfulness meditation work, Mm -hmm. that has helped short circuit that could have gone on for days. That feeling could have arrested me for, I mean, really, I could have plunged deep into the pool, but I just was skimming along the top. I was feeling crappy mm. and nervous and anxious, not desolate, but just anxious a little bit. And because of self-awareness, what I know mm. from the Enneagram, I was able to go, story, bad narrative, back mm. up, back up, beep, 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 beep. You know, it's like, get out of there, right? And it sounds love like you- that you were able to do that, though. That's so powerful to me. Well, it is, and uh, but it, it has come after lots and lots of years of 
you know, having believed old stories. Well, it's the beauty of the Enneagram, right? Is it shines a light on those yeah. pl- places that you need to uncover because it's not just letting you know, oh, here's what you're great at. Yeah, it does do that. It does do that and too. And then yeah. it also tells you, here's where your work is. Yeah. And, you know, um, for me, um, where it's it's really helped is I know that when the feelings of shame come up over something, that there's a bad narrative running. You know, it, it's it's and then I and then I investigate it. Um, you know, we we Amy, I don't know if this is going to help you, but in the book I talk about it. Um, but we use an acronym, not original, but it's Rain. And so in the moment when you get a bad feeling, you know, like uh, some of the situations you mentioned earlier in the show. Rain, R is recognize, something's going on. I can feel it, I know it's happening. Second, allow. Allow the feeling, don't try and push it away. That's our normal strategy. I love that you say that, allow the feeling. I believe in that, okay. Right, so just allow the feeling and just, if you can, turn, turn you know, your inward gaze toward the feeling with compassion, without judgment, without trying to fix it, or analyze it, just turn with compassion toward the feeling and allow it. The next thing is investigate. Investigate the feeling. Ask some questions of it. You know, like, so what's, what, what, what do you need right now? That's a question you can ask a feeling. What do you need right now? Um, what's the story that you're believing right now? How can I help you out of it? You know, or how can I help us just to be with it, right? Not how can we just be with this? And then the last word is nurture, mm-hmm. right? We just want to nurture ourselves. And maybe um, yesterday I was taking a walk, Anthony, in Severe Park, and I saw three parents walking along with babies in their arms. Mm. And just, you know, it was a beautiful day, and there's just a lot of love going on between mom and baby, right? And I thought, that's what nurture looks like. Mm. Nurture is just so good. a little bit of reparenting, mm. you know? Yes, and that I think is powerful. Wait, this is really good. So rain, it's recognize. Allow. Allow. Investigate. investigate, Nurture. Nurture. Yeah. That's powerful. That's And it feels doable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm, you know, it's coming out in uh, this new book that I have, and I'm I'm excited to introduce that to our audience as a a way to to be in the world, you know, and be be known as the guy that did. Okay, so... That's my three wing. <laughs> All right. So well, let's wrap this up because I know you're super busy. You got a lot going on. Um, so how are you specifically working on yourself to become the highest expression of who you are right now? Ah, oh, what a great question. I am, you know, I'm in my 40s and still working on fully accepting myself the way I am mm-hmm. and loving myself. And I think mm. I've, I've made great progress, but we've got some work to do. And I want to do that for myself, for sure. But I also want to be an example of what is possible to the women that I serve, mm. that I serve women who are becoming entrepreneurs, who are entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of scary um, steps along the way in that yeah. journey. So yeah. I want to show up confident and self-assured while sharing all my flaws with my audience. But I have to really stand in who I am, knowing who I am and being okay with who I am in order to do the best work. So I am working on that right now. That's important to me. 
Well, everybody, listen up. We're talking to Amy Porterfield. Uh, she is the author of How One Woman Broke Through the Glass Ceiling and Built a Multi-Million Dollar Online Course, which, of course, a million online course empire, I might add. <laughs> and uh, I want you to know, Anthony, that my this is a trigger for my passion, which is envy. Um, and then uh, also uh, the host of the, um, the wonderful podcast, Online, online Marketing Made Easy, Amy, how else do people find out about what you're doing? I just appreciate you sharing my podcast. That's where I share all my free tips and tricks to build your online business. So thank you so much for having me. This is an education and it was just really valuable for me. I appreciate it. Oh man, so, so great. Hey, listen, Typology listeners, remember these words. May you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, and may you have rest. Until next time awesome oh that was a good fun time that was so good a few things number one oh my goodness you need to come on my podcast would you yay my audience will eat you up in the best way possible so especially if you have a book coming out we can make it happen before the book to help with the pre-sales so if you're interested we'd love to have you great should i have Lori rowe uh reach out to you uh christine on my team Yes. Okay. I'll have Lori reach out to Christine. That would be wonderful. You would be wonderful on the show. Number two, we have a slight challenge. Someone gave you misinformation. That title is a Forbes article someone wrote about me. Oh, no. I know. So it's not a book, though I... uh, I say I don't have a book out. I wrote a dummies book way back when I started, but my very first book is coming out next year. So that is not a book. Okay. So, Anthony... Let's just hit that right now. Okay. Okay. And then we have to go back. Yeah, I can fix that. Okay. You're just so talking about when you're talking about when Ian read that now. long. Oh, just now. He no, said, also, um, but also I said it earlier. Yeah, you, you did, but you, I kind of thought you meant the article, so I felt like it was easy to for me. I didn't. I wasn't concerned about that one. The last one, I was like, "Ooh, that." All right, let's do okay, that okay, again. Okay, okay, right, right. Cool. While I have you on here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, how did I open it? The. Oh, I'm, I know how I did it. Okay. Ready? Amy Porter Field. <laughs> it sounded like there was a hyphen. Amy Porter <laughs> Field. Porter hyphen Field. Amy Porter a. Field. All right, here we go. I mean. Amy Porter Field, host of the wonderful podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, author of a wonderful Forbes article titled How One Woman Broke Through the Glass Ceiling and Built a Multi-Million hey, time Dollar... Out, time out. I didn't write the article. <laughs> it just was one of the most... I don't know who gave you this information. I'm just going to talk about your podcast. How's that? I'm so sorry there if someone go. on my team made that. Made yeah, it. no worries. Okay. They actually okay. didn't say anything. They just said... I'm not sure. I'm not even remember how. So let me just say, you 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 brought the podcast and you said, "How do people reach you?" And then Amy responded by saying, "It's just all about the podcast." Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I just say, Amy? Perfect. No, 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 I can't because you then said, "I'm glad you mentioned my podcast." And then I could say, "You could also find me on Instagram." How about that? That's another place people find me. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Amy Porterfield, host of the wonderful podcast, online marketing made easy. A wonderful, wonderful interview today. I absolutely loved it. How else can people learn about you? 
Well, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the podcast. That's where I've got all my free marketing strategies and tips to become an entrepreneur and build an online business. But also you can find me on Instagram. I'm just at Amy Porterfield and send me a message. Let me know you heard this podcast. I'd love to connect with you all. Oh man. Fantastic. Will you take us through your house on a story? via Instagram <laughs> I can tell you looking at your house right now I doubt beige would come to mind it looks pretty nice oh, thank you absolutely which is a very two thing which we can explore on another podcast because they love to bring people into a warm and inviting uh, environment where they can share their own stories with the two before you sign off I just have to say this has been so good we have to have you on again sometime. yes oh my gosh I would absolutely love it so thank you this has been a lot of fun and Great. so informative I feel like I got an education in the best way so thank you uh, we're so glad Thanks. hey everybody remember these words may you have love may you have joy may you have peace may you have healing and may you have rest until next